doing cold exposure right after strength training might not be the best idea really? in a way okay. if your if your goal is increasing muscle size or strength because you right. want yes. that that response of your body creating inflammation and then recovering it from it gradually naturally um if you do some form of cardio or um skill-based training then you can do cold exposure because that's your objective is not necessarily hypertrophy or or yes. strength increase uh, you can do cold exposure before training that also will help you increase adrenaline zone. norepinephrine yeah. yes okay, okay and activate that so there's just timings that i are love that kind. welcome to your body's way a podcast for all of you health conscious humans out there who want to nourish, move and take care of your body your way. Not the diet books way or even my way. Your journey to find your body's way through all of the noise and nonsense starts right here, where I'll be presenting and breaking down all of the current popular health practices so you can make intelligent choices that work for you and you alone. You know what they say, if the shoe fits. So I encourage you to take on what sounds tempting and to reject what doesn't. So let's dive into your journey to becoming the person you know you can be. Hi there, this is Tamara Walpole and you're listening to Your Body's Way. I'm going to be speaking with an expert breathwork and cold exposure coach today. His name is Arthur Paulins and he's going to be explaining everything that you need to know about these two modern day trends. Now, the first thing you need to know, I guess, is that they are actually not just modern day trends. So even though you probably see them all over social media more than ever, so you see people taking ice baths and, you know, sitting in buckets of ice and doing fancy breathwork exercises, even though you probably see them more often than not, um, much more than we did before, they're actually ancient practices and they are so, so helpful for your body to heal, to prevent disease, to help you fix um, anxiety and Arthur has even had experience with people overcoming depression by indulging in these two types of therapies and the reason why I feel for, for me and a really interesting part of the conversation is about challenge and about us as human beings we absolutely thrive on challenge so anything that pulls you into the present moment, that takes you away from your phone, that takes you away from your repetitive thoughts and all of those things that keep you away from the present moment. Anything that pulls you into the present moment and gets you in that moment and gets you really thinking and gets you really reacting and gets you really kind of dealing with what's in front of you is the spice of life really. And that is what it means to be alive. So something like standing in a cryotherapy chamber that sort of thing will pull you into the present moment and you're thinking of nothing else when you're in there you are in it and your body is dealing with it and you are um, really experiencing life so that's why um, these sorts of therapies are so so good for mental health issues and we dive into this it's so so interesting 
So um, yeah, get ready to learn about breathwork and cold exposure. You won't regret it and you'll probably even try, um, you'll probably even try them after this. So enjoy. Without further ado, here is Arta Paulins. Thank you so much, uh, Arta Paulins, for joining me on this call today. I'm so excited to have you here and oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk about today's topic, which is basically breathwork, but then also we're going to be talking about cold therapy, which from from my perspective, someone who doesn't do any of those things yet, <laughs> yet, uh, maybe after this call, I'll change, like I'm ready, I'm ready to integrate these things into my life. But um, for someone like me, who's on the outside, it seems like breathwork and cold therapy, very trendy, very, uh, like people are kind of, um, you know, kind of noticing how the benefits like how good the benefits are and more people are putting themselves out there saying yeah I'm doing the ice baths and I'm doing all the breath mm. work and so it's becoming more and more popular um but the way that I see breath work and you and and cold therapy um you can tell me if I'm right or not but the way that I see both of them is it's a way of um disciplining yourself it's a way of practicing self-control and a way to kind of bring you into the present moment, which is um, really hard for people to do these days, like with social media and, you know, everything that's going on in the world. So is that basically what it's about with those or is there so much more to get into? <laughs> yeah, I guess there's many layers to breathwork and cold exposure, cold therapy, mm. and there's many reasons why people do it. And um it is definitely a form of um, practicing uh, this ability to regulate your response to a stressful situation. Basically, you are inducing stress response or fight or flight response by entering cold water and you're learning to deal with that response effectively by using your breath, by staying calm, by creating the state where your mind is relatively calm or you're trying to achieve a calm mind while your physiology is fully ramped up in full fight or flight, flight mode. And um, and that's how I see the benefit of it, purely yeah. psychologically, developing yeah. this ability. And also the fact that anticipation, it's also mm -hmm. part of it. So oftentimes just anticipating the cold water can induce stress and, and, and a bit of anxiety. For me, for sure. Yeah, And that's why it's also uh, a challenge every time stepping in or even approaching the cold water. And that allows to notice internal chatter and fears and anxieties and kind of use um, that relatively safe environment, environmental stimulus of cold water mm -hmm. to practice for the times when inevitably life presents challenging situations and stressful situations mm -hmm. because our lives these days are so stressful so challenging and it's it's a real skill to be able to take yourself out of that and um you know kind of ground yourself and come back to yourself and would you say it's like a form of meditation does meditation come into this um it definitely brings your mind into present moment and mm. Um, using meditation prior or using 
some form of breathing techniques, something that prepares your mind can be really useful for going into cold water. Uh, and it is definitely something that brings you into the present moment. Yeah. Um, whenever I see people using cold therapy or breath work, it's usually like high performers, people who have a lot going on in their life and they just want to um, kind of bring themselves into the present moment. Um, I remember, I've done several Tony Robbins courses. I don't know if you're a fan, um, but I've done uh, several of his courses and um, I know he says it in his um when he lectures he says that he jumps in a cold ice bath every morning like a cold plunge pool and it's a way of kind of um saying to yourself like I can do anything like like I can master this day so you know like if I do this then it's a great way to set the mood for the day um so I can imagine in what you do the types of people that come into your um, workshops because I know that you travel all over the world and you're doing wonderful workshops around um like with large groups of people I can imagine um that, that's kind of what they're looking for. I mean, what do you find people are looking for when they come to see you for a workshop or as a client? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And um, to be honest, there's a broad spectrum of people who are mm. interested in this. Some people are definitely high performers who are looking for the edge or looking for this practice for their mind, mm. something that gives them energy, something that helps them be more focused during the day, something that challenges them <clears throat> or also gives all those physiological health benefits, longevity benefits that come from cold exposure. But also I find people seek out uh, this practice to help with uh, their day-to-day -day, day -day stresses, regardless what sort of occupation they are uh, they are involved with, right? So uh, it can be a really broad spectrum of people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are looking for something that can help with their depression, which <clears throat> cold is shown to to help with that and help with potentially some mental health issues, help deal with anxiety. And um, so, yeah, there's broad spectrum of people who who look to learn how to use cold water. And oftentimes, I find that <clears throat> I, I get this feedback from people when they are even after attending a workshop or, or a retreat, they are sometimes sending me a message telling me about the, you know, difficult situation they faced or a delayed flight. And what comes to their mind is the thing that we practiced on that retreat, uh -huh. um, this ability to stay calm when the, when the situation could trigger this annoyance or anger or, or frustration. And, um, and oftentimes they revert back to, what they have practiced in uh, in cold water, and that's and that's amazing for me to to hear, to receive, yes. and know that this is being applied in many different situations. It's incredible! So, really, breath work and cold therapy—it is for everybody. Like anybody can benefit from it. It's not just for high performers. It's not just for influencers. It's for everybody. Everyone can benefit. Um, can I just ask? Is is are, are they trends or do they have a long history? I mean, cold or practice of some of some form of breathing mm. control and mindfulness or meditation has been around for thousands of years. Yes. Um, yeah. 
from from meditation from uh, buddhist traditions to pranayama in yoga so all of this has been around for a long time it's just now it has been <clears throat> brought back to to people to kind of present it in a more approachable less dogmatic way and simpler way that anyone can access without needing to subscribe to any particular beliefs and um and same with the cold cold has been practiced for centuries uh i've been reading some um uh, books from some philosophers, uh, ancient Roman or Greek philosophers, and they mentioned cold baths as a as a treatment for health, or they have been prescribed cold baths by their doctors at the time. So it, it has been used for, for centuries. So it's something that is now being rediscovered. And I think it's really applicable in modern day times because we live in a very narrow band of temperature right? Because we're always in plus 20 degrees Celsius, regardless in which country we live. Yeah. At home, it's heated. We go outside, we have our Gore-Tex down wool, all the insulation. So we never get to experience high temperature, high heat, or cold temperature. Mm -hmm. So this is something that brings the stimulation back for our body and our nervous system in particular. Um, which is what we're built for you know it's I find it so funny how us as humans we almost have to relearn what we're naturally built to do so I can't imagine our ancestors having to think oh you know is it's cold good for me is breath work good for me because they just did it <laughs> like yeah. they were just put in the situation if especially if they're in cold climates you know it's something that they just did and they had to deal with day by day but for us in this modern time we, we almost have to relearn how to do all of those things and I just find it so bizarre and it's, it's the same with other things like you know um fasting for example or mm -hmm. exercise two things that your body is designed to do but we almost have to learn how to do it it's like okay when I go into the gym I'm not sure what to do like can you tell me what to yes. do and then when it comes to fasting it's like should I fast is it good for me um but these things have been it's, it's what we're built to do and it's kind of what our ancestors we're doing like it's just part of life and I just find it really interesting and I think that um breath work and cold therapy fit into that really really well um so when it comes to yourself because I know that you have um a lot going on you're super busy um with a number of different things how did you get into cold therapy and breath work like what was your journey why did you need it who was your inspiration tell us Yes. Um, so originally, my interest was with meditation. Uh, that was quite a few years back. I was still in university and I was training and competing in martial arts. I was doing mixed martial arts. And um, I had advice and knowledge and coaching in terms of physical training, martial arts training or, or strength training and preparation. But I didn't really know anything about how to deal effectively with my anxiety or stress in anticipation to competition or generally day to day. And um, generally being curious, I obviously have heard of meditation, but at the time it wasn't as accessible or as popular as it is now. And um, I seeked out, I, I looked online, I asked questions around and asked, actually my coach at the time, martial arts coach had a meditation practice and he recommended actually reading book on free diving on different techniques. Uh, and this book included a lot of 
pranayama techniques, which are yogic breathing techniques. And um, that was my initial exposure to using breath to access those kind of calmer states and regulate my nervous system. And um, yeah, so that was initial exposure. I've, I've applied it. I kept on practice very simply maybe spending 10 minutes, maximum 15 minutes daily in the morning, sitting down, practicing meditation. That's, and that's been going on for maybe five, six years before um, I actually decided to dive into it a bit further. Um, Actually, at the time I was already living in London, I um, was working in a busy, busy full-time job um, in construction industry. And, um, and I was still training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and competing quite regularly. And uh, yes, and uh, basically I got injured and, um, and I didn't have my escape, my release of, of energy through training. And um, so I couldn't train. And basically that's when I decided to explore a little more the breathwork side of things. And that's how I came across Wim Hof method. And that's when I decided to investigate it for myself and actually decided to go and see Wim Hof in Netherlands at the time. And, and just for out of my curiosity, I didn't know that. And it, it was early days uh, before it became really popular. And uh, it was kind of this obscure thing to do. Oh, you're very uh, brave for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because I've it seen was, um, his uh, his courses, I've seen what it looks like. It's like, well, oh, like you've got brave. If you didn't know yeah. too much about it back then, it was uh, yeah, pretty intense. But it was also really cool to be at that stage, uh, getting involved, getting curious, and and yeah, that was um, when I started first training, and I ended up being one of the first international instructors that he trained. Seriously, and uh, yeah, yeah, wow, that was, uh, I did not that know was a that. while ago. And um, so, yeah, I completed the training and basically quit my job at a time and started figuring out how I can teach this. And over the years, I've picked up uh, or learned different uh, other breathing techniques from other teachers, uh, continued exploring cold exposure, then yoga, then personal training, strength training. And um, so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long journey exploring these things. And originally, it all started from my own curiosity and in connection with martial arts and and training. I can see why when you got into all of this with Wim Hof, um, I can see why all of a sudden your life was changed because you're just like, you know, I need to do something with this. This It's so special because you only have to listen. You only have to listen to Wim Hof and he is so inspirational. And I can imagine when you were there with him, it was quite an experience. Um, And, Something that he, a perspective that he has around cold therapy and breath work is that um, we are so comfortable in our everyday lives. Like we are so, so comfortable. And, you know, like you said, the temperature is always, you know, within a few degrees of perfect. Um, You know, we have televisions and we have transport and we have, um, you know, everything to do our cooking and we can just buy whatever we want just for convenience. And um, it's just so, so comfortable that it's actually bad for us. It's bad for our health. It's um, stagnant. It's stagnation. It's basically a lack of blood flow, you know, because you're not exercising and you're not, um, you know, shocking yourself with cold therapy or it's just a stagnation. Um, And I think a lot of us are guilty of that. 
just being way too comfortable in life, you know? And I find that that is a really cool perspective that he has. And it's just so addictive. I mean, even the way he talks is, is like, you know, we're too comfortable. It's just so, yeah, I can imagine it was really inspirational when you're actually there, like to actually have that experience with him. So when it comes to breath work first, let's kind of dive into that one first, then we'll come to cold therapy afterwards. So what is breath work? Because people are probably wondering, okay, so I breathe all the time. So what am I doing wrong? Tell me. Um, what is breath work? What makes it different to just normal mm. breathing? And how do you know if you need to do it? Yes. Mm. Um, so breath work, I don't really have a definition for it or mm -hmm. i to be honest when i started with all of this i didn't even know that that sort of word existed it was all breathing yeah. techniques or pranayama or uh, breathing exercises mm -hmm. and um in my mind it is uh, a spectrum of different uses of breath or medical manipulation or control of your breath to on one hand it can be very practical application of improving um, respir respiratory conditions like asthma, also using particular breathing techniques or or exercises to improve physical performance for athletes, improve functioning of your breathing, right? And learn kind of functional aspects of the breathing and unlearn any unhelpful habits that might have been developed over the lifetime. Mm -hmm. And then it also can be techniques um, that are used for inducing this meditative state whether that's pranayama whether that's uh wim hof method or other breathing techniques that are used as a as a practice where you sit down <clears throat> and spend 10 minutes breathing in particular way or controlling your breath to calm yourself down and practice this focused awareness right mm -hmm. and now uh, on another spectrum it could be completely intense uh breathing techniques similar to uh, holotropic breathing or conscious connected breathing that induce really intense altered states that are used sometimes for uh, for therapeutic reasons and more of a as a therapy for the mind and emotional therapy more than a functional approach to improving uh, respiratory function right so there's a spectrum of different approaches to breathing and it's just uh, it really depends people find <clears throat> their own way in and their own interest in this and yeah. i think there's there's so much to learn from many different people so much to explore and and try and test and and see what what works and what helps but i find probably the biggest reason to do it or get into it is actually learning about your own mind and how it reacts to uh you basically paying attention to what's happening inside and breath is probably the easiest way to start noticing slowing down and paying attention so the reason to do breath work is to pay attention and to go inside yourself so it's like an extension of meditation in a way um to kind of take yourself away from the noise outside and to go inward um, which is good for everyone. I mean, there's there's no reason why um, everyone shouldn't be doing something like that um, as often as possible because we need it, right? Um, what does what does a breathwork 
session. So let's say someone's at home and they they want to get started on their own. They just want to kind of dip their toe in the water. Uh, what does it look like? What, so what do you do? Do you stand? Do you sit? Like ha- how often do you breathe? How slow or fast? And um, what would it look like? A, t- a typical, like how would you recommend someone get started? Um, so there are many different techniques, and but I find that probably the simplest and um, easiest way to start is just take five minutes in the morning. Uh, we can do a technique that's called coherent breathing or coherence breathing which is literally extending your inhales and your exhales making them equal lengths for about five seconds in and five seconds out and five to six seconds and that helps regulate your nervous system that helps you access or helps you increase um, heart rate variability and uh, yeah so a simple way really simple like something like this can be a way to start there are other different more intensive techniques like Wim Hof method where you do cycles of deep breaths followed by breath hold after the exhalation. That's also can be something you can use, imp- include some breath holding in there. Um, there can be other techniques brought in from free diving as well. So some uh, there's different ways of doing this and, and exploring those techniques for yourself. So there's there's many different ways. If If we talk about this, kind of self-practice where you practice for five to 10 minutes for as a form of meditation or as a form of uh, preparation for meditation. Because I find oftentimes uh, meditation is presented as as, um, as this easy fix for everything. But yeah. what I find to get into <clears throat> meditation, it actually takes some work and some practice. It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, but it has amazing rewards. So I find that having some sort of <clears throat> three-minute to five-minute preparation with breathwork can really help you access some stillness and really then uh, do the meditation where you just pay attention to breath as it is. So taking long breaths in for like five seconds, then releasing for six, that's one method. Or you can kind of do some research into the Wim Hof method, which is a bit more kind of... Um, you know, energetic, I can imagine. Um, I know what you mean. Have having a having a a meditation practice or I can imagine a breathwork practice, it can be hard to maintain. So you've got to keep you've got to keep going with it and you've got to, you know, see the benefits to want to keep going with it. But what is the so this is a way to get started, but how how do people progress from there? So what is possible with breathwork? Like, how has it changed your life? I find, um, or how I usually like to explain the progression in breathwork, I find oftentimes for a lot of people, way in into breathwork is through first doing some of the intensive or like more active breathing techniques where you feel sensations in your body, tingling, lightheadedness, and really, uh, it really puts you in the present moment by creating all those sensations but really to stick with the practice to really refine your ability to pay attention and notice subtle changes in your mind and your body in your breath it, it progression goes from intensity to subtlety and over time you start uh, you can start doing s- slower calmer more subtle breathing techniques 
and with time also just doing breath awareness meditation where you simply absorb observe your breath as it is that's a subtle technique and that's um oftentimes difficult technique to start with for mm-hmm. someone who's agitated or nervous or overwhelmed just to sit down and pay attention to breath that's that's a hard thing to do very hard especially if someone hasn't bought into it yet they're like you know i'm just doing this because i've been told to do it but i I can imagine once you buy into it um you really see the benefits and you really see the difference yeah but it's it's hard for people to kind of come to their breath and to kind of observe it yes and um i find it helps to calm yourself down calm you down and uh also, you learn to create a bit of distance, a bit of a distance between um, stimulus and response, where you get a um, a difficult email or someone, you know, says something that is triggering, and you're able to respond to it more consciously instead of reacting to it. So the self awareness, this. Uh, more composed and collected state of mind that's what can be called that is what can be cultivated through practice of breathing and meditation and i really believe that can have big impact on your life you can be more calm collected you can respond to situations more appropriately you you can be less distracted and scattered and more present in the moment and have this calmer more relaxed energy around you uh, about you not necessarily being docile and, and sleepy but actually be more present focused and and more responsive to situations instead of being reactive to them right i love that I, who doesn't need more of that in their lives like that's that's just what everybody needs i think um and i can imagine just like meditation can last five minutes or it can last an hour um would you say breath work can be the same or do you not recommend you do it for too long because you know you don't want to i'm sure i meant i can imagine doing too much focus on breathing um does it have an effect on your kind of concentration your you know yes yes i mean there are different ways of using the breath you can let's say attend a session guided session or practice it for yourself or do it with a facilitator you can do conscious mm-hmm. connected breathing which usually lasts from one hour to to 90 minutes and that's kind of intense breathing practice that is sometimes can release emotions right mm-hmm. and um and People sometimes can laugh. People sometimes can cry, experience different things. And um, so that's another way of using the breath. Uh, So I don't see there being a limit as long as you, especially in those longer sessions, find a facilitator who knows what they're doing and and they can make sure that you're safe, comfortable, and it also can help you with integrating that experience that you had and help you help guide you through the experience. Right. So having a facilitator is, is quite a key part of breath work, especially if you want to kind of advance it and do yes. longer sessions. Okay. So how do how does breath work and cold therapy, are they linked? So for example, on social media, uh, more and more people these days are jumping into ice baths, <laughs> filming it, you know, everyone's watching because it's really sensational. It's, it's a sensational thing to watch. It's really fun to watch. Um, are they linked? Do you do breath work during um, cold therapy? 
Um, I'd say you can do breathwork before mm -hmm. going into cold water to prepare your mind, your body, focus your mind, and that can be really useful. But mm. you don't have to okay. do them both. So they're not in, in, they're not inextricably linked. No, yeah. no. You okay. can go for cold swim without necessarily doing any mm. uh, particular okay. breath work. That makes sense. One thing I would say is when you go into water, uh, I'd say not to do any breathing techniques in the water itself because okay. you can get dizzy and uh, it can be quite dangerous. So that's why it's good to, if you choose to do any type of breathing techniques, always do it uh, on land, sitting down safely. And then when you go uh, for a swim or uh, you go for the ice bath, you are just breathing normally. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of ice baths and cold therapy, I've the furthest I've gone is cryotherapy. Hmm. So um, I've gone in once and I did three minutes. I think it was minus 80 degrees or something. Yes. Um, and oh my gosh, it was the longest three minutes ever. <laughs> um, but you know what? When I went in, I was kind of, like you said, apprehensive, maybe a little bit scared. Um but then when I came out, I felt absolutely incredible. It's like all of my senses were alive and I just felt really awake and I felt really present. And also during the three minutes of the cryo, it's like I was in there. I wasn't anywhere mm. else. I was just focusing on, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through the next three minutes? So I was just kind of jumping around and, you know, trying <laughs> to buy the time and you're, you're in it, like you're yes. nowhere else. And that's what I noticed about it. And I noticed when I came out, I just felt absolutely incredible. But I have to admit, after that, I, I love to be warm, I love to be cozy. So and the thought of a cold shower, um, and doing another cryo, I'm just like, Oh, maybe I won't, you know, I'm not going to go there again. But I feel like there's so much benefit to be had mm. when you do it. Um, and it's so exhilarating. And I can imagine the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, so when it comes to cold therapy, um, why why do we need to do it? Like, what is, what is the benefit there? Why would someone mm. put themselves through that besides just how they feel? Like, what's going on in the body when you do that? Yes. Um, so that feeling that you get afterwards that exhilarated feeling right. is um your your response uh nervous system response right when you are actually inducing uh, fight or flight or stressful situation and uh, we have this uh, release of adrenaline and norepinephrine that actually gives this buzz gives gives this elated focused energetic feeling and um yeah, it helps you be more energetic, energetic, and inevitably, regardless if it's if it's um, cryotherapy or cold immersion, it will release norepinephrine, and you will feel that uh, sensation. and um, And that's why viewing stress uh, as only a bad thing, I don't think it's that useful. But uh, you can also take stress as a good thing, right? Right. We, need we spoke to earlier. Stress, yeah. We spoke earlier about um, fasting or mm -hmm. exercise. Uh, those are forms of stress, right? And ice bath or cold therapy is also a form of stress. And uh, in the right amount and right dose, that stress leads to adaptation, leads to improvement of health, and just generally stimulates your body the way it, the way our ancestors had uh, 
got their body stimulated regardless in which environment they lived in right yes. and it just helps with that and that's why um you have this increase in energy levels uh ability to pay attention to things and and generally increase in energy and um but also there's other benefits like improved um immune system function because mm. you have increased of white blood cell count in in your body after regular exposure to cold you have increase of brown fat or brown adipose tissue which is right. metabolically active fat that helps with insulin sensitivity helps with um, increasing metabolic rate um, so there's many different things that are happening in your body also like um, improved cardiovascular Mm. Uh, system function because blood vessels in your hands and feet that normally don't have to work that hard to regulate the temperature you know when you go into cold water they will they will constrict and when you get out they will open up so this kind of opening and closing is also good for your circulation so there are many things that are happening physiologically that uh, can have an impact on your general health and well-being yeah. So there's not only physical benefits, like you said, you work your cardiovascular system and the brown fat and all of those things. So there's this physical benefits in you know, the nervous system. But then I can imagine emotional benefits, um, spiritual benefits and you know mental benefits. There's just so many to be had. Um, if you become strong, at something so let's say you can endure cold temperatures it kind of spreads over the rest of your life so once you can do one hard thing it kind of helps you to deal with other hard things in your life as well so um i run a fasting program for females mm. and um that's a big part of the program it's like you know once you it's, it's discipline like discipline is a really important thing to have in life and I find that fasting is one way of exercising mm. that discipline it's kind of like if you can be disciplined in one area then you can be disciplined in other areas as well and the same goes for exercise and um you know following a, a healthy diet I know that there's a lot of criticism out there about doing these health practices and oh you know mm. people shouldn't have to do that but I feel that if someone is seeking discipline and they're seeking structure in their life, which I think all of us are to mm. some degree, then doing these practices that are uncomfortable are really important to integrate into your life. So I'm really excited to start to integrate cold therapy into my life because I feel I could do with a bit more discipline in that department. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what I absolutely love about it. Um, we have in the gym here, we have um, a cold shower and it's next to a hot shower. Mm. So what are your thoughts on switching between cold and hot? Like, is there a benefit there or is it just a fad? No, I think it could be also beneficial. Like, mm. um, obviously, use of sauna together with cold swims has been around for, for ages, right? So right that's that's another practice that you can apply is just yeah being more mindful with it so combination of cold and heat is also really good and um and touching on your earlier point about mm -hmm. discipline i think why this these practices of fasting exercise following some sort of disciplined way of eating um is more uh, important than ever now because 
cheap dopamine is available to us yeah. so readily, so easily. We can. I love that can, cheap dopamine. It's great. We can get cheap dopamine yeah. from social media any moment, yeah. any second. Mm. We can get cheap dopamine from eating sugar, from yes. having food delivered to our doorstep instantly, almost instantly, yeah. right? And um, we have central heating in our house. We can always be warm. We can get cheap, high sugar foods. And um, and nowadays it becomes almost something that our ancestors would be considering a paradise where, you know, food and, and shelter is available for most people living in the West. And uh, now it becomes almost learning to regulate that and disciplining in some ways some yourself to avoid those cheap pleasures and cheap dopamine and actually leaning into the discomfort of exercise, fasting, nutrition, cold, yes, all those things. So I think, don't you think that we all seek that on some level? I think if someone feels depressed or if they feel anxious or they just feel like they're just like, what, what is life about? Like, and, mm. and we all get that feeling sometimes. I think there's some truth in um, that feeling of knowing that I'm just, I just need challenge. And I think we we shy away from it though, because it's like, why does life have to be so hard? Like, why do I have to do hard stuff in order to feel alive? Yes. But, um, but like we do, and we all know it to be true, but whether we act on that or not, or not is really down to us. Um, but that, that, that the challenge is, is needed to feel alive and to, and to be human. And, and if you're feeling down and if you're not feeling great, it's probably because you need a bit more challenge, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't want to oversimplify, you know, yes. health, um, mental health at all. We're all different. We all have different things to deal with, but I think for a lot of people just by inserting something a bit tough and a bit difficult in your day-to-day -day life, it would probably solve a lot of problems for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And as, as you said, obviously, it's a very individual thing for a lot of people are experiencing a lot of challenge. Yes. Yeah. Every, all the time. Right. But if you're relatively comfortable and safe, and, that's correct. Uh, that's you're what I'm saying. Yeah. Of, yeah. Then, then definitely, I believe we are physiologically wired for challenge. Right. And, yeah. and if all of it is eliminated from our life and we have access to food, warmth and potentially maybe our minds that are wired for challenge start creating some sort of internal challenge some sort of anxiety or depression yeah. because we just potentially need to externalize some of these uh some of this need for for being challenged for being for being uncomfortable and yeah. uh so as I said, I think it's very individual for everyone in different situations but I find that a lot of people, could use some self-induced challenge like cold yes. or exercise or fasting that could benefit their their health and well-being exactly uh, there's a great book i don't know if you've read it the comfort crisis i've heard I, of it but i haven't read it yeah. and it, that's that's the book for you it's um it's brilliant uh the author i think it's michael easter if i'm remembering correctly but he he basically said this quote that I absolutely love. I'd, I'd get it up on my phone, but it's probably too far down my Instagram feed. But um, he he said, there's something about humans, like we are wired to really thrive when we do really hard shit. <laughs> mm. And I absolutely love that. Um, and reading his book, 
it's basically he he talks about how he took himself out of his everyday life and he wanted to do really hard shit. So he went out into the wilderness with a guide and they just survived on the land and mm. they just built their own shelters and like they, they had to fast because there's no food. And it was just but it was just mental what he put himself through. But he said um, basically the gist of the book is that you just come alive like you just live and you really come into yeah. your own and um and Wim Hof when he says that um aliveness is blood flow blood flow is aliveness and whenever your blood is flowing like whenever you're like doing something a bit stressful like cold therapy or if you're um exercising or if or if he said a really cool one he said love like when you're in love like mm those emotions and those things that you do they um they, they increase your blood flow like you really start feeling alive and feeling human and I just think that's what we so so need we need that in our life um for someone I mean this is so funny um I I'm saying this but I am I'm I'm the least I'm the last person to kind of challenge myself. Like I like TV. I like Netflix. I don't like colds. I like to be warm. I like bed. Um, but I, but I know in my heart, like I know it to be true that, you know, it's time to ramp things up hmm. and I have done in different areas of my life, but I think cold therapy, like I worked myself up to this conversation. Cause I was like, right after this conversation, I'm going to go into that cold shower in the gym and I'm going to go Amazing. for it. <laughs> So like, that's, that's what I was working myself up for. And that's what you're inspiring me to do. Like, I just, we need that challenge because it kind of wakes you up and, you know, it's so it gives you health, you know, I love it. I agree. And uh, yeah, if you, if you feel like this, I think once you know the benefits, once you perhaps have read accounts of other people who have benefited from it, doing that for the first time and, mm. and and reminding yourself that actually you're benefiting from it, even though it is uncomfortable. Uh, reminding yourself that it's good for you. Yeah, uh, that can really make a big difference. And and returning back to it, you're just building on on that sensation of actually doing it for your own benefit, even though it's uncomfortable at, at the start. Yeah. So when it comes to the practicalities of cold therapy, um, what are the different types? How long do you do it for? Where can you do it? So someone at home, they're like, okay, where do I find the ability to do this? Mm. So um, just break down, like how does someone get started? Probably the simplest way to start is uh, with cold showers. So mm. I usually try to recommend this way of starting with cold showers and and making it as simple as possible without creating too much complication, especially at the start, right? And I'd say probably the simplest way to start with cold showers is actually still enjoying your warm shower. And at the end of the warm shower, just turning water to cold. And uh, obviously that will vary in different countries uh, where you live, the, how cold the cold water gets. Yeah. But basically after warm shower, just turning water to cold. And for the first week, rinsing with a cold water just your arms and your legs and just finishing with that for the first week and uh, potentially second week or in the third week you can decide hey i might just turn water to cold and rinse my arms my legs and my torso right and that's uh that's a slow way to build up and 
ideally, once you have established this habit of finishing the showers with a cold uh, rinse, you can just continue that for as long as you can and just make it a lifestyle habit that you don't have to think about anymore. It doesn't have to be this thing you have to schedule in and make it something that is very special or you have to prepare for it, but just making it a, as a as a regular daily thing. Whenever you take a shower, you just finish with cold water. Mm-hmm. And I find that's probably most, that would make the most sense to carry this on and, and have this benefit of, of exposing yourself to cold water instead of, you know, deciding to do ice baths for a week and then just quitting um, because yeah, it's just was, too complicated. Right. I was going to say, um, so is a cold shower, is that enough for someone? Is that enough cold exposure? It's a good way to start. It's enough okay. to start. And uh, with time, you might find that you want to start doing maybe cold water swimming if you live somewhere north and uh, or in Europe in the winter, you can go for a swim and water will be cold enough. Yeah. Um you can fill the bathtub at home with cold water and it's probably not going to be ice cold, but still yeah. that's a cold exposure that still gives you ability to, Maybe to challenge you put some yourself. Maybe ice in there. Like you just chuck some ice in there that might kind of bring down the temperature. Yeah, it, it can yeah. help. But of, oftentimes to get water really cold, uh, it takes a lot of ice. So, okay, all right. <laughs> but uh, any ice would help, right? And just making it simple, make it easy is the best way and just play around with it build up to it and 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 find your way and i think making it easy to do and practical to do is probably the best way to stick with it because i really believe consistency like with many things is the key and if you can establish that consistency with simple thing of a cold rinse after your shower Mm -hmm. that's probably better than as i said doing ice baths every day for a week and never doing them again I can imagine the time varies as well. So you can do like a couple of minutes or you could do 10 minutes or is is there a limit to how much time you should be doing? Is there a dangerous limit? Uh, it's very individual, right? And how is the main thing is paying attention to how you feel. If mm-hmm. you feel really, uh, really cold, really uncomfortable and you're, it, you can't overdo it. You can't be too cold and then it will take you too long to recover and, and get yourself warmed up again but i'd say just really pay attention to how you feel yeah. at first i'd say when you get into cold shower or cold water the initial uh, objective is to calm yourself down and not hyperventilate and actually achieve this point where you can slowly breathe without gasping for air mm-hmm. and once you have achieved that point then you can spend you know some more time in there and just get out so i think that's that's probably the best way to do it is really following how you feel and not necessarily needing to time your cold showers or cold immersion i can imagine after exercise so if you if you're doing exercise which is a challenge and then um cold therapy which is another challenge like i can imagine like combining those two you'd feel pretty awesome afterwards so i can imagine kind of integrating it into life as in doing a workout session for example and then taking a shower and then turning it cold afterwards that might be a nice way to kind of integrate it in and mix it with something um, that's also really good for you to do as well Um, yes uh, do you have a favorite time of day that you like to do it or um, do you like to do it before exercise after exercise or do you just literally do it when as and when you can yeah, I um I usually just finish with cold water right. after 
I take okay. shower. Um, and during the winter season or autumn uh, or even the spring, as I live in London, I would on weekends I would go to Hampstead Heath or go oh. for a swim in the ponds or or anywhere I have access to outdoor. Um, and that's that's my way of easily maintaining it in my day to day or my weekly routine without stressing too much because I don't don't have a I don't know ice bath or some sort yeah. of setup at home. Yeah. yeah. So I just I just do it that way. One thing I would say if you so there's different ways of using cold exposure, especially if you're serious about um your strength training and mm. um doing cold exposure right after strength training might not be the best idea really? in a way okay. if your if your goal is increasing muscle size or strength because you right. want yes. that that response of your body creating inflammation and then recovering it from it gradually naturally um if you do some form of cardio or um skill-based training then you can do cold exposure because that's your objective is not necessarily hypertrophy or or yes. strength increase uh, you can do cold exposure before training that also will help you increase adrenaline norepinephrine yeah. yes okay okay and activate that so there's just timings that I are that. Can be important that's that's a really good tip and also the way you say that cold therapy uh, or cold showers cold water cold anything um it that the way that is so effective at driving down inflammation like yes. it's so effective that even after a workout it could like take your results back a fraction that's incredible the fact that it can lower inflammation which means that you know for disease it mm. must be incredible if someone is feeling unwell or if they want to prevent illness um having cold in your life is a really good way to drive that down and to you know make yourself feel better in a way yeah absolutely okay um my i just just one story before we kind of wrap up because um, i'm pretty much done I, I feel like i'm ready i feel like i'm ready to, um, ready to get start especially cold. yes especially with the cold the breath work um i i do meditation daily um and i'm you know hoping to kind of bring in some breath work as well um but it's funny because uh every christmas my husband's from ireland uh so at christmas time it's like minus <laughs> it's like so cold and um every christmas they the, the whole village that he's from they all go swimming and um it's something that i used to laugh at him for and i was like why would you do that i would never do that in a million years but now I'm actually looking at it. I'm like, damn, like that is a really mm -hmm. good practice. Like on yes. Christmas day, like jump in the cold water and just, oh my God, there must be so many health benefits from that. Yes. So not so silly anymore. Like I'm changing my mind. <laughs> totally, totally. You yeah. have to join him next time. Yeah, I have to join him next. Oh God, now I've said it. I'm going to have to. <laughs> oh God. I think I need to start with cold showers first and then build myself up. There's still some time until Christmas, so you have to, <laughs> have to prepare. You're right. Um, is there anything that uh, you want to add to this conversation? Is there anything that you think that um, people are missing or that they really need to know before they get started with breathwork or cold therapy? No, I think it's it's simple. Mm, There's not much to simple. add to it yeah. and and it's easy to bringing into your life there's so many more resources now mm -hmm. to read to explore to to learn from and i think <clears throat> yeah having some 
curiosity, genuine curiosity around this can be really beneficial and just, yeah, really explore, try it out. Uh, yeah, be mindful of your own sensations and how it feels and, and learn from it. I think that's probably I think the most right. important. I think you're right. That's the key. Um, it's simple. So don't overcomplicate it. Just yes. know that cold is good for you. So even if it means like, standing in front of the fridge and like just open the fridge door and just get some cold in there exactly and um, I, I, I can imagine with cold therapy just 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 to quickly add um do you have to shiver before it get before you know it's taking effect um there are different uh protocols i guess that shivering can also be beneficial for um brown fat mm. uh, generation in okay. your body and metabolic uh, reasons but also you can do it without shivering and you still okay. get this release of norepinephrine and adrenaline so there's still benefits even if you don't shiver okay because the only reason i said that is because maybe standing in front of the fridge isn't that effective <laughs> not to mention bad for electricity bills but yes um but yeah just just keep it simple just know that being cold is good for you um, and know that um, meditation and integrating breath work is also good for you. So just play around, do what works for you, do some research. And, you know, that's all you need. It's like it's absolutely simple, which is so true. Um, how can people find you? Uh, probably easiest is my website, mm. arthurpolins.com. Um, you can subscribe to my newsletter and uh, also Instagram, uh, arthurpolins. Yeah really so uh, that's probably the best way to find me if anyone gets any question i'm always happy to answer so please feel free to reach out contact me uh happy to chat happy to share and direct if there are any questions awesome well that was an awesome conversation um i know that the listeners have learned so much i've learned so much from you so thank you so much arthur and hopefully we get to have a chat soon again absolutely thanks for having me it was a it was a pleasure I'm Tamara Walpole, and you've been listening to Your Body's Way. If you haven't already, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. You can find me on Instagram as Tamara Walpole Nutrition. Join me next time for some more juicy information on how to help you on your journey to your best self yet. Your Body's Way is the only way. Chat soon.